Welcome to Lasting Truth, a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills, in Banning, California, where Pastor Ryan Hussein teaches the entire Word of God, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, giving our listeners the opportunity of receiving the full counsel of God. In today's program, we are studying the book of 2 Chronicles, chapter 34. Here's Pastor Ryan. It all begins with the preparation of the heart. I share with my leaders what God has shared with me and I have learned over the years that we can't just come in here and, and think we can roll out of bed and serve the Lord. We must prepare ourselves by spending time with him, quiet time with him, preparing our heart. Because when you spend time in prayer with the Lord, he will give you the wisdom and the knowledge that you need in order to be good parents, good grandparents, siblings, whatever it is in the home life and whatever it is at your job, whatever you're doing, God will give you what you need to shine there, to witness there. But you must prepare yourself. I can't just expect God to just bless when we don't prepare ourselves. He loves to prepare us. He loves to minister to us. When we sit still in preparation to serve the Lord, man, we're pouring out our heart to him about all our problems. We're, we're confessing sin. We're in, in prayer, we're talking to him about our whole lives. All that bothers us, all that's good in us, all that, that he's done that we're thanking him, we're, we're praising him, and we're praying, and, and then we get prepared. You go into your workplace with a whole different attitude. You come into church with a whole different attitude. And he strengthens us as we prepare ourselves in our days and in our lives. Are you preparing yourself? It's a beautiful thing to see God take our souls and our down countenances and just lift them up because we have prepared ourselves. We just have sat with him. I bet there's some people who can't sit five minutes with the Lord without getting fidgety and thinking, is this done yet? He told the disciples on the night he, at the Garden of Gethsemane, the night he was betrayed, he said, can you not pray with me one hour? And I, I've learned in my faith and in my journey, and I pass on what I've learned from the Lord and from others. Give God more time in prayer. Don't make it a five-minute, ten-minute thing. I mean, it's cool when, you know, we wake up late and we have to get to work or whatever. But generally, we should be giving God 20 minutes, half hour, hour, two hours. I mean, what what do you, how do you think your life would change? I can tell you about my life. It completely and utterly changes everything. Prayer changes everything everything and if there, if if it's not changing us then we're not spending enough time in sincere prayer to the lord prepare yourselves according to your father's houses according to your divisions according to the written instruction of david king of israel and the written instruction of solomon his son and stand in the holy place according to the divisions of the fathers' houses of your brethren, the lay people, and according to the division of the fathers' houses of the Levites. And so slaughter the Passover offerings and consecrate yourselves and prepare them 
for your brethren. And so um, the Levites were to consecrate themselves. They were to purify themselves before God so that they can um, make offerings or prepare offerings for their brethren. That's God's heart for all of us. To love God, to be a Christian, is to love God and to love the brethren. To love God and to love the brethren. And be willing to serve the brethren, to serve one another. We come here to learn how to wash each other's feet. The children's ministry people, they're washing our kids' feet. In the youth room, they're washing their minds with the word of God. They're, in, a, in essence, serving them, washing their feet. So God calls us to serve him and to love the brethren enough to volunteer and say, how can I help out? And in 1 John chapter 3, verse 14, John says, we know that we have passed from death to life because we love the brethren. He who does not love his brother abides in death. You can prove again, God tells us that. You can tell someone's born again by their love for the brethren. Amen? Love does their neighbor no harm. Consecrate yourselves and prepare them for your brethren, that they may do according to the word of the Lord by the hand of Moses. Verse 7, Then Josiah gave the lay people lambs and young goats from the flock, all for the Passover offerings for all who were present to the number of 30,000, as well as 3,000 cattle. These were from the king's possessions, and his leaders gave willingly to the people, to the priests, and to the Levites. And so here Josiah gave of his own um, possessions, animals, for the sacrifices for the Passover uh, offerings to the poor, to those who didn't have it. He wanted every, every pilgrim that was there, everyone who came for this Passover, to be able to have a, a Passover lamb. For them. And so you see Josiah's character. He was a, a giving man. And we know that the Lord tell, tells us, commands us to be givers as well. Give and it shall be given to you, Jesus said. That the same measure that we give will be measured back to us. So he has a heart uh, for the people. We can see it here. We have to have a heart for the brethren. And it says here, Hilkiah, Zechariah, and Jehiel, rulers of the house of God, gave to the priests for the Passover offerings 2,600 from the flock and 300 cattle. Also, uh, Kononiah, his brother, Shemaiah, and Nathaniel, uh, and uh, Hashabiah, and Jael, and uh, Josabad, chief of the Levites, gave to the Levites for Passover offerings, 5,000 from the flock and 500 cattle. They're just making it happen. Like, you know, Josiah's heart was that, this would take place in honor of God. So if you see all of these animals being given and, and the princes were giving it because they just, they had a heart for the Lord. These ones did and they wanted it to get done. Verse 10, so the service was prepared and the priests stood in their places and the Levites in their divisions according to the king's command. And they slaughtered the Passover offerings and the priests sprinkled the blood with their hands while the Levites skinned the animals. Then they removed the burnt offerings that they might give them to the divisions of the fathers' houses of the lay people, the common people, to offer to the Lord as it is written in the book of Moses. And so they did with the cattle. Also they roasted the Passover offerings with fire according to 
the ordinance. It was such a huge feast. They would roast this lamb and just have a tremendous barbecue and just enjoy feasting with one another. And uh, But the other holy offerings, they boiled in pots and cauldrons and in pans and divided them quickly among all the lay people. Then afterward, they prepared portions for themselves and for the priests, because the priests, the sons of Aaron, were busy in offering burnt offerings and fat until night. Therefore, the Levites prepared portions for themselves and for the priests, uh, the sons of Aaron and the singers, the son of Asaph, were in their places according to the command of David, Asaph, Heman, and Judathan, the king's seer. Also, the gatekeepers were at each gate. They did not have to leave their position because their brethren, the Levites, prepared portions for them. And so the priests who were serving, these gatekeepers that were serving, the Levites took care of their offering, took care of of preparing their lamb, sacrificing it, all that, so that they didn't have to leave their positions. Brought great conviction to me. You know, when we have communion, a lot of times, well, before when we had one service, the guys outside would not have communion with us because obviously it was being done in here. And um, we started giving it, taking it out to them so they can have communion out there so they didn't have to leave their their positions as well. But I think now with the two services, that's why we don't do it because they come in to one service and serve in the other. So, but it's so important. But you see how they're watching each other's back here and it's God's heart that, all of us are blessed. Amen? All right. Um, where was I? Thank you. Oh, there we go. So all the service of the Lord was prepared the same day to keep the Passover and to offer burnt offerings on the altar of the Lord, according to the command of King Josiah. And the children of Israel who were present kept the Passover at that time and the Feast of Unleavened Bread for seven days. There had been no Passover kept in Israel like that since the days of Samuel the prophet. And none of the kings of Israel had kept such a Passover as Josiah kept with the priests and the Levites, all Judah and Israel who were present and the inhabitants of Jerusalem in the 18th year of the reign of Josiah his Passover was kept. And so there was no Passover kept so great as this one that Josiah did, not since the days of Samuel the prophet. That's way back when King David was, was, a, was a boy. Uh, we're told that Hezekiah, his great-grandfather, who had a tremendous Passover, that his was so great that it was like the time of Solomon and King David. And so this was even greater than that. The writer takes us back to Samuel even before that. So um, again, and you know, it's kind of like religion by force. Boom, you, you will, we will do this and you will too. And so uh, I wish it was heartfelt. In Hezekiah's day, when he had his Passover, it was such from the heart, from the people, that the seven-day feast extended to twice, or I think three times the length. They were so blessed. They wanted to keep the feast going. Here, it's just kind of like they're doing it for the king.
Verse 20, after this, when Josiah had prepared the temple, Necho, king of Egypt, came up to fight against Carchemish by the Euphrates, that's the Babylonians, and Josiah went out against him. But Echo, right, he sent messengers to him saying, what have I to do with you, king of Judah? I have not come against you this day, but against the house with which I have war. For God commanded me to make haste, refrain from meddling with God who is with me, lest he destroy you. Nevertheless, Josiah would not turn his face from him, but disguised himself so that he might fight with him and did not heed the words of Necho from the mouth of God. So he came to fight in the valley of Megiddo. And the archers shot King Josiah, and the king said to his servants, Take me away, for I am severely wounded. His servants therefore took him out of that chariot and put him in the second chariot that he had, and they brought him to Jerusalem. So he died and was buried in one of the tombs of his fathers, and all Judah and Jerusalem mourned for Josiah. What a crazy ending to an amazing good king. You're thinking, oh my gosh, he was awesome. What happened? So awesome. Well, here it says down at the bottom that he came to fight in the valley of Megiddo and did not heed the words of Necho from the mouth of God. You know, he reigned 31 years, and he was so he's 39 when he dies. That's super young, and for a, a king who loved God so much, you would think, man, he would live till he's 70 or 80 or whatever, and you know, but you know, we can only speculate why he didn't listen. You know, God is, you know, was working with this pagan king in, in Egypt, Necho, and was going to have him go at it for God's purposes against the Babylonians. God is in, in, in control. He's on the throne, and he moves pieces and kings and nations, and he is just in control. Josiah, we can just speculate. I mean, we know from the chronicles of the kings that if the kings loved God, if they honored God, they were blessed, like super blessed. The same for Christians. If we love Jesus, if we abide in him as he is the vine and we are the branches, if we're intimate with him every day, there is an absolute promise that you're going to be blessed. He who fears the Lord is a blessed man or woman. You Things will work out in your good. Things will just work out. I'm living proof and so are all of you. Look at what God has done for us. It is true. There is a blessing for those who love the Lord. And here the king was so tremendously for God that he did all of these reformations to lead the nation back towards God. He is the one who did it. God did it through him. Maybe his head got big. You know, to, to, to be blessed of the Lord is a blessing, but it comes with great responsibility. God tests the heart as he blesses you and blesses me. He tests us with those blessings if we're going to remain humble. 
He tests to see if we're going to keep giving him glory, we're going to keep giving him honor, and we're going to keep serving him, and we're going to keep humbling ourselves before the king, and we're going to take the crowns that he gives us, and we're going to cast them at his feet. He watches to see if we'll do that. Because Satan took the blessings, because he was the most beautiful angel, Lucifer, and rather than saying, thank you, God, for making me handsome, he wanted God's job. And so God wants to bless us with more and more blessings, but we have to remain humble. Maybe he got to the place where he thought, you know, I know the voice of God, and, you know, and who's this uh, heathen king telling me God said to him? I don't know. But he, he, he pleaded with them. This king, Necho, sent messengers to him, and look what he said. He said, he sent messengers to him saying, what have I to do with you? In other words, I don't have any beef with you. What have I to do with you, king of Judah? I have not come against you this day, but against the house with which I have war. For God commanded me to make haste. Like God commanded him to come speedily. Make haste. Refrain from meddling with God. Who is with me? lest he destroy you. Like, don't mess with God's business. You know, we can't forget that we're servants of the Lord. Mom and dad, our children, our, 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 our you know, our responsibility, you know, and, and God calls us to steward them, not to be wrathful towards them, not to uh, cause them to be discouraged, but to train them up in the, admonition and the love of the Lord. You know, all of us have been called as stewards where, where we turn to the Lord as his servants and say, what would you have me to do at work, at home, in church, in my life? What would you have me to do? We never want to get to the place where we stop asking God for permission. We stop asking God for guidance and we stop heeding the warnings of God. We must remain humble. I think that, listen, that the King Neckel was right. Why are you meddling? You're gonna, he's gonna destroy you. Why meddle? You know? And, and look what he says here. After the archer shot King Josiah, the king said to his servants, what did he say? Take me away. Take me away. Oh, now you don't want to be in that valley. But God had warned him, don't go to the valley of Megiddo. Don't interfere. Don't go. And there's that warning to all believers. God called us out of the world, not to go back to the clubbing scene, the bars or whatever we came from and the whole party life and places we ought not to visit as Christians. Jesus hung out with sinners, but it was in places where it was respectable and sinners can come and they were open to hear the gospel. It wasn't like he went to, you know, places of ill repute. We don't go to demonic places in order to quote unquote witness. You know what I'm saying? He calls us to love, reach out to the lost. But man, it's going to be on, on some good ground. I'm, I, we don't, there's places we don't go. <clears throat> Does that make sense? Remember, he removed all the abominations, and, and, and he found himself, you know, going somewhere that he shouldn't have gone. And, and the Lord will, 
It's true that the Lord will only put up with so much. Think about that. We never know where a person is on the rope that God has given them. We have, we, you know, Jesus said that there, there are wars taking place in, in, in heaven. There are wars. There are wars for men's souls. There are all kinds of battles behind the scenes that we don't know about. And Jesus is the cause for the rise and fall of many men. And he's so gracious and he gives rope and he gives mercy and he, he sees that we're, we're fumbling along and he sees our heart that we're trying, but he also sees the heart that is playing games. And when it gets to the point where the rope is, is out, he lets the natural consequence take its course. And for Josiah, to whom much is given, much is required. When God says, don't go into that valley, he meant it, apparently. And taught Josiah one last lesson before he went home to be with the Lord. And I believe he went right home to be with the Lord. Into Abraham's good side, the bosom, where he was comforted. He just, you know. So it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a lesson, a cautionary tale to don't go into places you ought not to go. His servants therefore took him out of the chariot and put him in the second chariot that he had. And they brought him to Jerusalem. So he died and was buried in one of the tombs of his fathers. And all Judah and Jerusalem mourned for Josiah. And it's interesting, they all mourned for him, you know. And it's amazing how spiritual people get when there's loss of life. And a lot of people will cry and weep and be broken over a good man dying. And, and you think, wow, there's, there's conviction, there's change has to follow all those tears. But how many times we're told in scripture that, that people weep and people cry and are sad because of things in this world and they have a little come to God moment for just a second and then they turn around and they go back to their sins. We want conviction of the heart. Blessed are those who mourn, Jesus said, right? For they shall rejoice. If we mourn over our sins, we shall rejoice. Jeremiah also lamented for Josiah. Isn't that cool? The famous uh, prophet Jeremiah, right? Uh, the, the, the weeping prophet, he's called. And to this day, all the singing men and the singing women speak of Josiah in their lamentations. They made it a custom in Israel, and indeed they are written in the, in the laments. Now the rest of the acts of Josiah and his goodness, according to what was written in the law of the Lord, and his deeds from first to last, indeed they are written in the book of the kings of Israel and Judah. Amen? Amen. Lord, we thank you for your grace, your love, and your mercy. And just want to thank you so much for the lessons we learned from Josiah. He's a good king. Help us, Lord. Help us to be careful to heed your instructions, no matter where they may come from. Sometimes your instructions, your word can come to us 
from the most un um, oh, what's the word un unseeming or unlikely uh, characters. Nevertheless, it's your word, Lord. Help us to heed it. Help us to follow it, to honor you all the days of our lives. And while all heads are bowed, if there's anybody here who wants to get right with God, you haven't given them your life, but tonight you're ready to turn from your sins and give your life to Jesus Christ, we're going to ask you to raise your hand and I can lead you in a prayer to ask God to come into your life and to forgive you and to give you His Holy Spirit. Is there anybody here who needs to get right with God? Thank you for joining us today at Lasting Truth Radio. If you're in the area, come out and join us for Sunday services at 8.30 a.m. and at 10.30 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. We are located at 3035 West Nicollet Street in Banning, California. You can also find us on YouTube or Instagram. If you would like to donate to our program, please do so on our website at ccsweethills.org and hit the online giving tab. We hope you will continue to tune in as we journey through the entire Word of God with the teaching of Pastor Ryan Hussein at Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills. We don't.